Carlos Santana, Rich Hill, G-Man Choi, and Austin Hedges are out. Prospects and first base depth are in. The Pittsburgh Pirates trade deadline is done, and we're going to talk about it live here on Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Ethan Smith. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates on Twitter. And, of course, checking in. Just hoping you go live today. Well, we are live, folks. We are live here on the Locked On Podcast Network as the Pittsburgh Pirates with 18 minutes remaining at the time of recording this live video for the trade deadline have probably done just about everything that they were going to do. I talked about it last week. I talked about it a little bit over the weekend on Twitter as well, that I expected the Pittsburgh Pirates to move on from Carlos Santana, which they did. I expected them to move on from Rich Hill, and I expected them to move on from Austin Hedges. After the Santana deal was made, I did not expect them to move on from uh, G-Man Choi, sorry, my mind just like blanked for a second, but they did. They moved on from G-Man Choi as well in that deal with the San Diego Padres that brought back three prospects. Reminder, the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates made a trade with the San Diego Padres that featured three prospects, they got back Tuka Peter Marcano, Michelle Miliano, and Jack Sawinski for Adam Frazier. So that's a trade that you can look back on and with the Pirates and the Padres, and as well as the Joe Musgrove trade as well. That was another trade that those two teams made together also. So when you look at this trade deadline for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it was definitely different from the past couple of years, not in the fact that they were selling, because they were selling the last couple of years as well, but a lot of the pieces that they had on this team were not hot commodities like they have been in past years where we were hearing about Brian Reynolds being traded or we were hearing Tyler Anderson's name and Jose Quintana's name thrown all over the place. Well, this year, they didn't exactly have that. We knew Rich Hill would bring something back. We knew Austin Hedges being the defensive-minded catcher he is and with the Rangers, which is where he ends up going for international bonus pool money, needing a needed catcher with Jonah Hine potentially going on the I.L., there was going to be mutual interest between the Pirates and a couple of these teams for their players. It was just a matter of how much were they going to get back, and they were never going to get anything back that was going to be crazy value. And that's what you saw from this trade deadline for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You didn't see anybody come back in, the, in these trades for this team where they acquired four players. That blows you away. Two of them are lottery tickets. One of them is a first-base depth player in Alfon uh, Alfonso Rivas, more on him later. And then the other is a left-handed pitcher in Jackson Wolf, who has potential to potentially be a back-end starter or even a good bullpen arm. So the Pirates did everything they were supposed to do here. They did exactly 
what they probably strategized. They traded who they wanted to trade. You obviously heard the Mitch Keller and the David Bednar rumors floating around. Obviously, you probably could get a major haul back for those guys, but I would assume the asking price from Ben Cherryton was probably very high for those guys, and that's why they are more than likely staying. Obviously, there's still 15 more minutes left, so you never know what could happen. But as we're live here, and just assuming that those guys are not going to be traded, um, that's what you expect, and this is what happened. And uh, the two international signings were the most uh, interesting returns by far. Yes, I would say so, just because there's a lot of upside there for those guys. There's also the chance that they don't work out at all. That just happens in these kinds of deals. But when you look at those two guys and Johnny Severino – and pardon me if I pronounce his name wrong, Estar Sorio, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. When you look at those guys, you get a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old who are only going to get better. They're only going to get coached up to a higher degree. That That's all you really want for guys like this right now. Then you get a guy, like I said, in Jackson Wolf and the other one in Alfonso Rivas, and those are guys that you can expect to make an impact on this team uh, sooner rather than later. But let's go down the list of these players and some interesting stuff from each of them. We got four players in return for four players out. So four players out, four players in here for the Pittsburgh Pirates today on August 1st. Of course, Johnny Severino uh, was traded for Carlos Santana in the Milwaukee Brewers trade. We talked about that a little bit. We'll talk about it again for the sake of anybody who may have missed that episode and that short recap that we had. Of course, Severino, six foot one, 185, 18 years old. Uh, in 14 games this year, he slashed 250, 283, 589, 872 uh, in 14 games. He's also already homered for the Florida uh, Complex League Pirates. Uh, he did that on July 29th, and he went one for five yesterday, so he's already right there playing for the Florida Complex League Pirates. And the interesting tidbit that I wanted to bring up with Severino the other day that I didn't get the chance to bring up was the fact that he did sign that $1.23 million bonus with the Brewers in 2022. He was the number 21 international prospect out of that international prospect class. And, you know, the Pirates didn't even spend that much money on their two international signings from that class. Of course, Tony Blanco Jr., one of my favorite prospects in the system right now, still very young. He was the 11th ranked outfielder. In the class, and then Jordani De Los Santos was the 12th-ranked uh, shortstop. Both of them were in the top 50. The Pirates didn't even spend combined on those two players what the Brewers spent on Johnny Severino. So, obviously, you have to be happy about that kind of return. The Pirates, as we know, are always a very busy team during, uh, during that international signing period and now get busy with the international signees at the trade deadline in the Carlos Santana trade. Obviously, you look at Severino, and he's listed as a shortstop. You never really want to get into that too much uh, with these guys being so young just because maybe they do stick at shortstop. Maybe they end up going somewhere else. Scouts all across where you read about Johnny Severino say he does have a profile that can fit at multiple positions in the field. So maybe he becomes an outfielder being 6'5". You never know. Maybe he becomes a first baseman. All of that stuff is really a moot point right now. Uh, until we see what the bat can do for a guy like Severino. But he does have that profile. He's above average power guy. He does have above average fielding. 
lottery ticket. Hopefully it works out. You'll see him three, four years from now. Then you move to the San Diego Padres trade. Of course, going into today, the Pirates had only made one deal. That was the Carlos Santana move. And we kind of expected that Rich Hill and Austin Hedges would get moved. What we did not expect was that G-Man Choi was going to be moved as well. We'll get into that trade here in just a moment, but I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you want to go see the Pirates for the final two months of the year, use Game Time because you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And tickets are always sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Use the code locked on MLB when you download the Game Time app for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download Game Time today and use code locked on MLB for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, as we continue with this trade deadline recap and analysis, we talked a little bit about the Johnny Severino trade and kind of just a broad recap of everything. But now we move to the Padres deal, which was the biggest deal of the day and the one of two deals for the Pittsburgh Pirates made on deadline day. Of course, if you have not heard and you are here, I'm assuming you have, uh, Rich Hill and G-Man Choi were traded to the San Diego Padres for Jackson Wolf, Estar Sorio, and Alfonso Rivas. Again, if I am pronouncing Sorio's uh, name wrong, I apologize. I am open to you Uh helping me out in the pronunciation of that name uh, as some other deadline deals are coming in here nine minutes before the deadline as we're recording Jack Flaherty is a Baltimore Oriole I believe Tommy Pham was tr- let me see here real quick before we get into all this uh, Tommy Pham was indeed moved to the Arizona Diamondbacks before the Pittsburgh Pirates obviously the big guy in the trade with the San Diego Padres has to be left-handed pitcher Jackson Wolf. He was a uh, fourth-round selection in 2021 out of West Virginia University. Um, So you have to be happy about that. Kind of a local kid in terms of where he played college. Six foot seven, 205, 24 years old. Doesn't throw the ball all particularly hard. Uh, I believe his fastball tops out at 92, but he sits in that 88 to 90 range. So jokingly, almost a younger prototype of Rich Hill, who now will be playing for his 13th different Major League Baseball organization and has said to uh, reporters that he plans on playing next season as well, be it with the Padres or somewhere else. And via MLB Pipeline, Jackson Wolf, of course, is the number 16 prospect from San Diego via MLB Pipeline. I have seen some of you guys mention to me that he is higher up on Fangrass. He's higher up in other metrics as well. In 2023, though, Jackson Wolf has done some pretty good things. 18 starts, 88 and one-thirds innings pitched, a 4.08 ERA, 105 strikeouts over those 88 and a third innings, and 22 walks. Of course, again, I mentioned the fastball tops out at about 92 miles per hour. His sweeping slider and vertical curveball 
are above average at a 55 grade on MLB pipeline. So you like to hear that, that he already has two secondary pitches that are above average. And apparently things that I've read about Jackson Wolf throughout the day, he has added weight over his time in the minor leagues and he's trying to get an uptick in velocity reportedly up to 94 just to make it a little bit better to play with that sweeping slider and vertical uh, curveball. There are other things he needs to work on. I believe his control on MLB pipeline is a 45. So he is a project kind of, but he is 24 years old, still has plenty of time to grow as a starting pitcher in this league. And if he ends up working out as a back-end rotation starter for you, especially as a lefty, that means a lot. Um Okay, I just I just saw a Jason Mackey tweet, and I was like, wait a second, a second trade. Anyways, um, but if Jackson Wolf can turn into a back end of the rotation guy, especially as a lefty, you won't see these deals anymore like we saw with Rich Hill, like we saw with Jose Quintana and Tyler Anderson, because they also have Anthony Solometo, who's going to be ready by the end of 2024, at least early 2025. Obviously, I think the idea of picking up a lefty in free agency this year is still in the cards in the winter. But you want to get to the point where you don't have to do that anymore. Or if you are doing it, you're adding a top arm, like, for example, Julio, uh, Julio Arias. But, again, lots of money there. Also, for Jackson Wolf, he has actually appeared in a major league game this year. Uh, he appeared in one game for the Padres this season, going five innings while giving up six hits with only one strikeout and one walk. So he does have experience at the major league level but has been a longtime minor leaguer for the duration of his professional career. Of course, the Pirates also get another lottery ticket prospect in Estar Sorio. Again, apologies if I am mispronouncing his name. I really am sorry. Um, just a different name that I haven't heard before. Uh, Sorio, uh, though, 6'5", 180, 17 years of age. He is a switch-hitting outfielder, a lot like um, Severino, who – also has switch hitting ability and is reportedly really good on both sides. Um, he was outranked in uh, the Padres top 30, but he did rank in other rankings pretty highly. I saw as high as 12, I believe. He has a plus, uh, plus power and is a plus runner. That's the kind of things that I like to hear from an outfielder. I love switch hitting outfielders who have plus power and are plus runners and can be dangerous on the base pass and also be dangerous from both sides of the plate, especially in the power department. Interestingly enough, he did have a 103 WRC plus at the Dominican Summer League last year. He was one of the younger players at the Dominican Summer League last year, obviously only being 17. That means last year he would have been 16 at the DSL, so that's really nice to see. And, of course, in 35 games at the ACL, the Arizona Complex League, he's uh, slashing 216, 306, 345 with four home runs, seven stolen bases, and a 30% strikeout rate. You don't really like that too much, but again, let's keep in mind this kid is 17 years old. He's still going to be pretty far away. He had a 742 OPS in 47 games in 2022, so you're not really going to look too far into the future here, or too far, uh, too close into the future, sorry, my apologies, on what Cerillo is going to turn into. He's a lottery ticket just like Johnny Severino. He's a guy that the Pirates are going to groom through their farm system, coach up, get him to Greensboro at some point and bring up that confidence. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with Termar Johnson getting the call up from Bradenton to Greensboro and why we need to temper expectations on a statistical note with what he can do in Greensboro. But for guys like Severino and Cerillo, I mean, they're lottery tickets and three years down the line, we'll look and see what happens. 
you look at the uh, Adam Frazier trade in 2021. We've seen what Tuka Peter Marcano is. We've seen what Jack Sawinski has turned into. Michelle Miliano is still a guy that's in the lower parts of the system at 23 years of age. So you just never really know what's going to happen with these guys, but you have to be optimistic about it. And also be happy that for Rich Hill and G-Man Choi, you get a starter in Jackson Wolf who could potentially – be a back end of the rotation starter, a youthful outfielder at Estor Sorio who could potentially turn into something. And now Alfonso Rivas, the part of this trade that I'm personally not that excited for, just because I don't think Alfonso Rivas is all that great. I think at best he's a quad A player. If you guys don't know, quad A players are those guys that rake in triple A and never amount to much in the major league level. Of course, Rivas, 5'10", 190. He's now 26 years of age. Former 2018 uh, fourth-round pick by the Oakland Athletics. Only 15 major league at-bats this year. Batted 200, 294, 333, 627. Over his career, though, in the minor leagues, he has 310 at-bats, 245 average, 330 on base, 323 slugging, 653 OPS, four home runs, 29 RBIs, 110 strikeouts, and 35 walks. Strikes out a lot, doesn't walk a whole lot. Now, where things get interesting about all this, and I don't know if those are his career stats, by the way. Now I'm reading my notes. But what gets really interesting about this now with Rivas is you look at his 2023 minor league stats at AAA, and he has 208 at-bats this year at AAA, a 332, 462, 582, 1.044 OPS slash line. With nine home runs and 40 RBIs, those are all, of course, career best for him. Stuff that you would like to see translate to the major league level. But, I mean, with what we've seen from Rivas at the major league level in his career, it's not a lot, to be honest, but he's never really amounted to much. So, at best, I think he brings depth to the first base position. Uh, with Santana and Choi gone, obviously you need depth at that position. And obviously, uh, Anthony, I'll kind of bring you up here. Austin Hedges, of course, was traded for international pool money from uh, to the Texas Rangers. Just a deal that had to happen. We heard Ben Sherrington talk about it on his radio show. That um, Henry Davis, of course, would be getting more playing time behind the plate. Eddie Rodriguez, of course, is already um, would already be doing it. So... You know, that's really where that all gets into. And international pool money for Austin Hedges, better than nothing. Pirates love the international uh, pool of prospects every year, so I'm sure they'll find a way to use it. So now that we've kind of heard everything, Pirates send out four players, they get back four players. What are the positives and the negatives here for the Pirates and how this trade deadline went? Well, you look at who they sent out. They sent out Carlos Santana, Rich Hill, G. Manchoy, and Austin Hedges. All guys who were on expiring contracts, all guys that were aging. And now you have the chance to play the young guys. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you knew Carlos Santana and Rich Hill were clear trade candidates. After the Santana trade, though, I didn't really think that um, G. Manchoy would be moved. I actually thought the Pirates might even flirt with the idea of re-signing him in 2024, but now he's traded as well. So that makes you think about what first base is going to look like 
for the rest of the season. And I mean, Jared Triolo is a guy that could potentially play that spot. Connor Joe, we've already seen him play that spot. Alfonso Rivas could, of course, add depth to that position and potentially play that spot. If Malcolm Nunez can get healthy, maybe we see a September call-up for Malcolm Nunez, who was, of course, acquired in the last trade, uh, last year's trade deadline from the Arizona Cardinals and the Jose Quintana trade that also brought the Pirates' Johan Oviedo. So you look at where this leaves the Pirates at the first base position, and it's been an issue with this team for quite some time. And we've seen it for quite some time uh, since Josh Bell's departure that we just have not really had a good first baseman. Obviously, I've heard some of you guys talk about Trey Mancini. I'm just not interested. I've kind of flirted with the idea of bringing Josh Bell back, but he can't field all that well. So there's positives to all this here is obviously you uh, look at Henry Davis and the catching opportunities he's going to get for the remainder of the year. You had to move on from Hedges. Of course, Hedges will give the uh, Rangers the defensive prowess, despite, of course, his 180 average and uh, 28 um, OPS plus. And yeah, you have a gap at first base once again. It's been a common thing for the last couple of years. Well, let's look at the positives here from this trade deadline for the Pittsburgh Pirates as we come to a close. Positives, of course, you gain an intriguing prospect in Jackson Wolf and two lotto tickets in Severino and Cerrillo. Obviously, you also pick up Rivas, but again, I just don't think Rivas is going to amount to much. You also get Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis uh, full catching reps. One or the other will be catching at any point now this season. And I think that's perfectly fine on days that Henry catches. Obviously, Andy will go to the bench. You'll also probably end up moving uh, Josh Palacios or Connor Joe out to right field and then doing whatever you plan on doing at first base. So that opens up things. You also got something back for these players that you picked up over the offseason. Rather than getting nothing, you at least got something. Now the negatives. Even with the Rebos addition, you now lack first base depth again, which was something they put a huge emphasis on in the offseason with the Carlos Santana acquisition and the G-Man Choi trade that kind of kicked off the offseason. Now, you probably have Connor Joe, you probably have Alfonso Rivas, you probably have Jared Triolo. That's what I would expect. Do I like it? Not really. I would have rather held on to G-Man Choi, but I also do understand why the deal was made because you want to get something back for him. And wow. Uh, JC actually in my chat said this, and we'll talk about it a little bit here. Now, uh, Rodolfo Castro has been traded to the Philadelphia Phillies for left-hand pitcher, Bailey Falter. So Bailey Falter on his way to the Pittsburgh pirates, another left-handed pitcher, may I add, brought in now alongside Jackson Wolf, And I know a lot of you guys were also talking about um, trading some of these middle infielders because the Pirates do have a major gap with the middle infielders. Um, and it just makes sense. I mean, you have G1 Bay, Tucapita Marcano, O'Neill Cruz is going to be coming back at some point. So Rodolfo Castro, one of uh, the more favorite players that I had on this team, throughout his tenure as a Pittsburgh Pirate, is now on the move to the Philadelphia Phillies in a 
buzzer beater move, honestly, 604 now at the time of recording. And that's um, interesting. Of course, again, JC had it for Bailey Falter. Good job there. Um, Dylan Cease, by the way, was not traded. The New York Yankees were the last team to make a move here at the trade deadline. All 29 teams had made a move. The Yankees now making it the full 30. Sneaky Fat Cat said, unload the middle infield. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, Bailey Falter. Let me go ahead and just look up some quick stuff here on my phone on Bailey Falter. Real quick to give you guys some stuff. Uh, Bailey uh, Bailey Falter, of course, 26 years of age, 6'4", out of Chino Hills High School. Uh, let's see what we got from Bailey here. And this could be a move for the Phillies as well. That makes a lot of sense just because they did end up uh, picking up Michael Lorenzen. Uh, Falter has not won a game this year uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies in eight appearances. He has 40 and one-thirds innings pitched, a 1.44 whip, but 28 strikeouts. Um, yeah, I mean, he has experience at the major league level. His best year, of course, came last year uh, for Falter. He was 6-4 and four with a 3.86 ERA and 16 starts, 84 innings pitched, had a pretty good um, pretty good whip at 1.21. And he's always struggled with opponents' batting average. He has a 301 opposing batting average this year with 263 last year. Definitely did much better with the uh, strikeout totals last year. It's the walks, 74 strikeouts to 17 walks in 2022. 28 strikeouts to eight walks this year. Has already given up seven home runs in 2023. Didn't even give up that money in 2021 in less innings. So that's kind of one of those things that you want to look at. But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the guy that you look at for the Pittsburgh Pirates that is going to be an innings eater for you. You still wanted a left-handed pitcher. You wanted somebody that was going to be able to come in after the Rich Hill trade and help your uh, rotation out because that was a question as well. And right now uh, he's pre-ARB. He's $733,000, 1.03 service time for him as well. And it looks like the Pirates, of course, will have arbitration for him in 2025. So maybe Falter could be a bullpen arm for this team in a realistic world. Maybe he picks up some of his 2022 uh, performance. And he has a career four, uh, 4.56 uh, earned runs average, 136 strikeouts. He's 8 and 12. Obviously, the deal is pending physicals. Um, so, yeah, Rodolfo Castro added to the list here of trades. Um, and that was a buzzer beater, folks. Thank you all for tuning in, by the way. This is a very nice crowd. Uh, some other big news out of the trade deadline before we head out of here. Tigers did not trade Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, obviously, Dylan Cease is staying with the Chicago White Sox. The Phillies, of course, end up getting Rodolfo Castro. Of course, the Pirates will receive Bailey Falter, as we just spoke about. The Cardinals are receiving Cesar Prieto and... Drew Rome from the O's in exchange for Jack Flaherty. So the O's actually get their starter that they were looking for. Um, Falter, again, uh, apparently also only tops out around 90-92. Yeah, very nice stuff. Very, very nice stuff. So, guys, that is the trade deadline recap and analysis show. Not much else to talk about here until tomorrow. Tomorrow... We're going to talk about the Termar Johnson promotion to Greensboro. Of course, um, 
K. Brian Hayes is back in Pittsburgh and will either be lifted off the IL today or tomorrow. That game is about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. So we'll obviously get some news on that after this live show is done. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If there's any other Pirates news that comes out of trades, if they make another minor deal because deals can still be made after the 6 o'clock deadline, we'll talk about that as well. Guys, can't thank you enough for tuning in. Thank you so much here for tuning in to the Lockdown Pirates podcast. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Lockdown Pirates for all of your news, analysis, and more about the Pittsburgh Pirates for the remainder of the season. Guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday evening. I will see you tomorrow.